Welcome to the Islam Unraveled podcast. We greet you with the traditional Muslim greeting of peace and blessings. Assalamu alaikum. On this podcast, we seek to help unravel the narratives surrounding Islam and Muslims in the West, as well as build bridges of understanding and friendship between cultures and communities. We acknowledge that our podcast is recorded on the traditional unceded territory of the First Nation peoples of BC. On this podcast, we encourage open discussion, and therefore the views expressed by our guests do not necessarily represent the views of Islam Unraveled. To support the work we're doing, please send your donations to finances at ihsan.ca. That's finances at ihsan.ca. Rabbi Adam Stein, um, thank you for joining us for the uh, the interview and the podcast. Uh, you and I have known each other and are, are, are friends for the last uh, three years or so. And uh, I will say uh, amazing um, kind of uh, uh, work that we've done together, uh, bringing our Muslim community and Jewish community together and kind of yeah. like uh, what I call an interfaith exchange where uh, we came to visit on, on your Sabbath on Saturday. And uh, many folks from your uh, congregation came to our Juma on Friday to join us for our uh, prayers. So I, I think that was yeah. probably a first, a first for Vancouver to have that kind of exchange the way that we did it. It might be, yeah. I've, I've only been in Vancouver about four and a half years my, myself, but we'll have to look in the historical archives and see if we if we made a first there. Exactly, and and I will say. Um, you know, part of the discussion we had earlier was talking about, um, you know, how a lot of misconceptions that people have about communities is because of lack of engagement and lack mm -hmm. of getting to know one another. And you and I have become friends over the last few years. We've had the engagement. We've broken bread. Uh, we've had multiple conversations and, and developed yeah. a friendship. And I think a lot of people who let's just say have ne never met Muslims or uh, people from the Jewish community or the First Nations community or, or the black community, what happens is uh, with this current situation where a lot of siloed uh, kind of uh, viewpoints and echo chambers for communities like white nationalists as an example, where a lot of the AI algorithms and the way social media works is to grab people's attention and just feed uh, information pertinent to that person's interest. So it's uh, hardening people's viewpoints. And so based on a lot of the work that you've done, and I know you're from the Bay Area in the US and uh, just kind of your work over the last year, kind of seeing uh, a new rise of a different sophisticated kind of racism and, and the different types of racism that you've seen in the online sphere, which is unique to this century. Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the often I, I, I read about uh, these things in, uh, in the newspaper and of course online, you're reading about what's terrible things happening online, but you're reading about it online, uh, unfortunately, um, and hearing about um, some important uh, podcasts such as yours, of course, and, um, and, and the radio and, and TV and um, the, the statistics are just really, really pretty, pretty awful. The past, past several years, the amount of uh, anti-Semitic incidents and uh, uh, Islamophobic, uh, Islamophobic incidents, and, and as you said, incidents um, uh, against people throughout, throughout the world, and especially recently in, uh, in North America, and really uh, terrible down in, in the U.S., um, anti-Black racism and, and really terrible uh, things happening for the people from the indigenous community, uh, but as you said, I, I, I think um, the, the, the hatred that is out there and that, that comes through, uh, especially online, but even in, in person with, with uh, hateful incidents is, is, is so awful. Um, but, uh, but so often it is that, that, that lack of knowledge and that, that lack of person-to-person um, -person experience uh, that, that could lead people to, to have hateful views of the other because they've never met the other. Uh, and, and I think you're right that, that just, just sitting down for a coffee with someone, breaking bread um, and, and having those experiences is so important. And you, you mentioned the, the experiences that our communities had together. And, and you reached out to me at some point three, three and a half years ago. And um, uh, I, I said to myself, well, who is this guy who's reaching out to me? Why, why, don't, I, why don't I see who he is? And we'll, we'll have a chat and we met downtown and. 
sat down at a, at a Starbucks, I think, and, and just had a really great chat about, you know, I'm from here and you're from there. And, um, uh, you know, oh, I know these people and, you know, those people, let's, let's connect about um, uh, religion and business and culture and our families. Uh, and, and, we, and we planned a program. You, you had already done it in a couple synagogues and we planned a similar one at, at, at ours. And, and as you described, when uh, Tarek, when you, you came, I think uh, two Muslim sisters of, of yours to, who both run organizations themselves and are involved in the community. Um, and, um, and, and so there are several of you from the, um, uh, and I think all of you um, are involved in the, the, the mosque on, on 8th Avenue, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, and, and so, um, so I had some experience my, myself because I'd been to that mosque once, um, uh, for a sad reason, I had come to visit on the evening after the uh, the terrible uh, shooting massacre in in Quebec, um, and that and how many years now is that coming up on the anniversary? It's it's going to be the fourth anniversary now. So wow. four years, January wow. twenty nine. Yeah. So 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 I had I arrived here in Vancouver in middle of twenty sixteen. So about a half year later, I remember that that happening, and um, there were. Um, uh, there were so many members of the broader community, including the Jewish community, um, not just here, but around Canada, uh, who showed up at, at mosques uh, a day later or that, that following evening, uh, just, just to have a, a vigil and, uh, and show their support. I, I got there, I think I was uh, caring for my kids. And so I got there a little late and there were just a small handful of people, but I, I heard there were like hundreds or thousands of people gathering on, on 8th Avenue. I know that that's uh, one of the original mosques, or maybe the original masjid in uh, in the Vancouver area. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, actually, interestingly enough, my uncle was one of the founders back oh, you in told the me late fifties, and and I think it was formally established in the in in the beginning of 1960-61 in that range. So so yes, it's the first mosque in British Columbia. Wow! Wow! I'll tell you a a, a bit of a a sweet story that when I, when I came there, I. I I told you the, the the huge crowd was was gone, and some people were still milling around. And someone greeted me um, uh, from from the mosque and invited me in for for a few minutes, and I got to look around a little bit, and I was given a bit of food, um, and I was I was down at the bottom of the steps, and I was just milling about with others, and then um, someone came down the steps, and and people were sort of indicating towards that person. He shook a few hands, then walked away and got on his bike and, and biked away. And I just moved to Vancouver. I, I didn't know that was the mayor who had just come out of the mosque and was um, schmoozing with, uh, with everyone and, and chatting. Um, and I realized the, um, uh, how, how lucky we are in, in some ways around here, uh, even though there are, there are many issues to deal with in v Vancouver and, uh, and beyond, um, but we do have a community that, that, that comes together. And I think we've, we've found ways to uh, to do that. So when you and your um, members of your community came to our to our synagogue and said, "Look, we're we're here to observe. We we want to learn how how you celebrate your your Sabbath on a on a Saturday morning, and we're we're gonna we're just gonna sit and 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 feel feel welcome as we welcomed you into our community and and see how you do things. And then um, we have a, a gathering, sort of a fellowship, a, um, a lunch, and 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 having socializing and, and, and eating together after our services on a Saturday morning. Uh, and when you joined that, and then we put uh, a few of you up at a front table to, uh, to speak and answer some questions, uh, I'll tell you, Tarek, so many members of my community said that was so mm -hmm. powerful to hear uh, Muslims in our community speak about their experience as, uh, as Muslims growing up and being part and, and into adulthood uh, in, in the BC and Vancouver community. And, and it was powerful. And you said something very, very powerful and kind of the how this uh, this uh, group Islam Unraveled that came to be was exactly when you came as a concerned member of the community coming to our mosque, like like All right. it, to come on your own because you felt, wow, this is a horrific act that happened to members of my community. And you took it upon yourself as, as a human being, as a, as a person of the Jewish faith to say, hey, I'm against violence of all kinds. I'm going to come to this mosque and show my solidarity that, that I'm with the community in their time of, of, of difficulty. And so um, 
that that experience after the Quebec shootings, the 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 the, posi- the, the thing that did come out of it that I think was positive from a horrific uh, uh, situation was that communities like yourselves came to us in 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 in, in like to, to really share that sorrow and and uh, and and that concern and it, it touched me personally i'll speak for myself mm. like it touched me that people like yourselves and as you said it started with a handful of people and then it quickly became hundreds and then possibly over a thousand plus people mm. that came to the mosque Amazing. and by, by and large it was uh, a non-muslim audience that that came with flowers with with candles with uh, the cards and with tears in the in in their eyes and i was so yeah. proud to be a canadian proud to be a part of this city, proud to be part of this community that that cares about each other. So we thought, you know, if people are so, uh, they, they're willing to come see us, why aren't we willing to come see them? Like mm. in, in the sense that that I'd never been to a synagogue um, and, and other places of worship. And I, and I thought if people are willing to come to our place of worship, then in due respect as neighbors, as friends and neighbors to come and observe and uh, break bread, anyone who wants to answer any questions, we're happy to ask, answer them. And and I think that's what prompted this. And then it was right. it was after the Quebec shootings, because what was the reason behind this, this shooting? It's just like when you read up, up on it, it was a person that was radicalized, likely online, uh, white nationalist uh, uh, kind of uh, content that, that that circulated online that somehow prompted him to go into a mosque and shoot these people in the back. So six people were killed, nineteen people were injured, uh, many of them seriously, and 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 it was it was I, I guarantee that person, whoever the shoot the the, the shooter. Uh, I guarantee he had never really interacted with Muslims and never really um, had any relationships. And it was maybe somehow in his mind justified to do what he did. And and so the, the real need of this type of engagement. And so, you know, yeah. on the flip side, when we came to, to your synagogue and, and we'd been to, I think, a, a couple of others previous, there was right. always welcome right. and there was always a court. There was always a mutual respect. And, and and then I just thought, you know, people in our communities need to meet one another because I met a lot of Muslims that said, oh, we've never met people from the Jewish community and people right, from the right. Jewish community say, hey, we've never met people from the Muslim community. So it's easy right. to believe whatever biases are online or in, in, in other areas when we don't necessarily know the other. And so uh, right. I really am that that uh, uh, yourself and uh, and congregation Beth Israel uh, welcomed us and and really um, I think I think even in that uh, moment when uh, a few of us were on the table and the the uh, the Q and A back and forth I think it was a cathartic experience between uh, both communities which which really needed uh, 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 some more dialogue and engagement and and I think. Uh, uh, I, all the people that came on our end, and even when uh, your community came to the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 mosque for our Friday prayers, all our community re- remembers that, and everyone came to shake hands with uh, your community that came to our mosque. Very powerful stuff. Uh, very memorable for. I'm it sure. really was. Yeah, yeah. Well, and when we Every came to the mosque. Uh, it was it was a great opportunity to have a bit of a tour of the mosque and have some interactions and questions and answers and then I think um, uh, we we had the the imam of of, of the mosque you, you brought one of the imams from the from the area who who sat the, up the front at the front with me and and people got to ask questions of of both of us for a while and and we could could answer from our own from our own perspectives and and often often they were they were shared perspectives because we our our faiths and religions share share so much in, in common and, and have for for hundreds of years. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I think uh, for whatever reason, uh, a lot of uh, for whatever reason, a lot of people focus on differences, but there's more commonalities than differences. Oh yeah. And, 
and yeah. and even in the the Quran itself, uh, majority of the stories are about the Prophet Moses, and in the Arabic. Uh, uh, language we refer to him as Musa Islam or Musa, uh, peace mm. be upon him, and and his uh, the lessons of his story was a difficult story. He's uh, again, he had the challenges with Pharaoh, and then he had the challenges with his own people, and and so I would say the lessons for humanity, for patience, for humility, for perseverance. Yeah. Like there's no yeah in the yeah. in the Quran re referencing him time and time again. Because I think that's humanity's kind of issue, where we, 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 you know, the challenges he faced as a leader, and then community challenges. Because you know, at times, uh, you know, it, it is difficult, as you know, as being a leader in your community, yeah. to keep hearts united, to keep right, to have right. everyone get along. And sometimes I'm sure it's not always easy everybody. for you either. <laughs> no, not not at all, not at all. And uh, and. Uh, and, and and we are we are peacemakers. We we want peace amongst communities, and I think that's what yeah. everybody ultimately wants is, yeah. is peace and harmony and goodwill. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so now, just leading into this um, coming to the sure. new year, uh, we're 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 kind of looking at uh, uh, January 29th. We have a memorial coming up, and uh, mm -hmm. we have yeah. some members. of of government that are coming. We have the defense minister, Harjit Sajjan, uh, the uh, the minister of diversity and inclusion, uh, Bardish Chugger. We've got the, the RCMP, the Vancouver Police Department. We've got uh, members of the province, uh, part of their anti-racism. And you know, Tarek, I know so you've done some work in the past with the RCMP. You, when you visited one of our sister synagogues in Richmond, you, you had a, a panel with uh, that you were on along with the rabbi and and someone from the RCMP, right? That's correct, and and it was actually a, a Jewish police officer. His name is Kevin Krieger, and oh yeah, and he's a member of that synagogue. That's correct, and and Kevin, he's he's he, he was instrumental in uh, in at least the relationships with the with the Al Jamia mosque in Richmond, and uh, just kind of helping with security issues, and and yeah. so I will say. Just, just to share with you from our perspective, and I'm sure your community probably feels the same way, is whenever certain things happen in the world, the, the local law enforcement, whether it's the Vancouver Police Department or the RCMP, they're quick to kind of reach out to the community and say, hey, we're here to, to send patrol cars, any yeah. things that you need. There's, there's a lot of cooperation and so i think a lot of our community and i know you're from the united states and uh and the the perception of police um uh, when when we watch american news is is very negative because uh, again it's uh people getting shot uh, black people getting shot by police but but i would say our experience at least my personal experience with law enforcement has been a lot of concern to ensure community feels protected but but please do offer up your kind of uh, relationship with law enforcement when certain events happen around the world and security for your community. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, look, certainly this this past summer with um, Black Lives Matter um, uh, growing and, and bringing us awareness of the um, uh, of the the real real difficult challenge that um, uh, that that Black people and in, in the uh, U.S. and Canada and, and, and many other places uh, face, especially with the police, um, it, it, it really opened a lot of, a lot of eyes. Um, in, in the U.S., where I'm from, in terms of the um, uh, relations with, uh, with police and actions of police, um, and I know there's also growing awareness in, uh, in Canada as well, um, and there were some incidents that came, that came up and became big in the media in, in Canada also. Um, and you know, and I hope that that various um, groups and communities and police departments, RCMP, et cetera, are, are able to work on those and improve those. Um, thank God for for me and, and our community around here. We we actually we have quite a good relationship with uh, with the police departments, with the RCMP, uh, with the um, Vancouver Police Department. Um, I. Uh, I've I've been to the the, the headquarters and, and met with some of the officers there and had had great conversations. We'll go to coffee. Um, there's a community liaison uh, who who drives around and visits um, various community groups and is assigned to the Jewish community. And we have a great relationship with with him. Um, when we you know they'll send someone out here to do training for us and, and you know in case something really awful happens. 
uh, and it sounds like you have you guys have a great uh, relationship uh, as as well. So I think we're we're really uh, really blessed in that that way. We we ho we hosted a big a sort of a Sabbath dinner on a Friday night where we um, at our synagogue where the Jewish community hosted sort of the the um, uh, sort of upper officers of the uh, RCMP in Richmond and the v Vancouver Police Department. And we we were able to develop just like you said you, you close personal relationships uh, when sometimes the um, the way that people might interact in the community can be can be difficult um, but but once you develop those personal relationships um, whether it's about um, police and and community members or Muslims and Jews or people of different colored skin um, th those those personal relationships relationships that are positive really can drive a a positive community relationship as well agreed agreed and uh, you know uh, in 2018 uh, in Pittsburgh the the, the tree of life mm. synagogue and, and and what happened there and it was yeah. almost kind of like uh, uh, obviously a day of sorrow for your community and and uh, you know, we, we actually uh, came to the Jewish Community Center and we, we were with the, your community for the memorial that, that was I remember, held, uh, yeah. in, in Vancouver. And, and randomly on the street, I was stopped by uh, uh, a woman from the Jewish community that said, thank you for coming. We, we, we wow. appreciate for you coming to our, just to be with us in, in our day of sorrow. And I, and I, and I mentioned how, how you guys came to our mosque in, in, mm. uh, after, after uh, at Quebec City. And so That's I just, great. this community that we have here in Vancouver, we are blessed to, to be in a great city, a great uh, province, a great a country, uh, just that has this culture of openness and, and unity in it. But, but yeah. it's like anything, it's uh, uh, building bridges. It takes uh, consistency, persistence, uh, that, that communities just have to, keep uh, meeting one another because at the end of the day um, uh, many things happen uh, the, the, these online algorithms enforcing bias and, and hate uh, to it seems like whether it's on purpose or, or by accident dividing communities the human interactions not the online kind of but the actual human interactions are I think what 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 can make meaningful change uh, over the long yeah. term yeah I and think now, you're I mean we, we really have to work hard on, on uh, solving some of these problems with the online hate, it's, it's really, really awful. And there can be some great things, great connections that happen between people online also, but but you're right, it's those it's the personal connections and the personal in-person direct connections are so difficult right now in this pandemic, but um, at least, you know, once things open up a bit more, those personal connections are, are so important so for people to be able to see family and friends again, but then to hopefully people take the opportunity once again to, to interact with strangers. So that be, strangers become more than strangers, but, but someone that you actually get to know. And that, that one interaction you had with a, a Jewish woman who saw you and thanked you, that, that makes such a huge difference, even though it's just one interaction. But if you think of um, you know, how many people might have seen you or, or other friends of yours from the Muslim community who came to the Jewish Community Center. They didn't come up to you and say anything, but they saw you there and thought, wow, isn't that wonderful that, that they came to, uh, to support us? You know, instead of seeing, you know, Tarek, what we've, we've met several times in person and the first time we met downtown, I, I looked up and said, that's a tall guy, right? And you know, so instead of, instead, of people, instead of people in the Jewish community um, look, looking over and saying like, wow, that guy's tall with a big beard, he's scary. They, they see like that tall guy with the big beard from the Muslim community came to support us in the Jewish community. Uh, and, and suddenly, you know, the, the um, you know, I, I'm sort of making, making light of it and we're laughing about it, but, um, uh, but I, in, in fact, you know, if this were a, a podcast fo focusing on, on your life, you could tell us about your interactions in the community when, when people, um, you know, use their immediate, at first glance, perceptions of someone's physical appearance, um, whether it's um, the the clothing that you wear or the or the beard, or for me, it's like the the thing I wear on my head. We call a kippah, um, and you make and people make certain certain judgments, right? But for that for that evening, um, supporting the Jewish community, the Jewish community center, or for Jews showing up 
um, visiting the, the mosque at our program or, or just out of a sense of, um, of duty and, 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 and love and caring after the, after the shooting showing up the, at the mosque. Um, it's people seeing a different type of person who, is, who has come out of, um, out of a sense of, of real, real care and, and, and reaching out. Uh, and, then, uh, and then they have a different, a different sense of who those people might be. A positive sense. Agreed, agreed, and 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 we are a community, and and so like we we talked about earlier, brothers and sisters, and and um, I think this has been probably one of the most challenging years for all of us with the pandemic because yeah. you know place of worship, uh, people can't go and express their spiritual connection with God. And, right. uh, and and that's challenging. The meeting family and 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 uh, fellow believers, it 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 it's it, it's probably the most challenging uh, that that I've experienced yeah. personally. And, it's first and, been very difficult for for all of you at the at the mosque, where you might have a, a few a few dozen people coming in on on weekdays, uh, and you probably have uh, I don't know a hundred or two hundred or three hundred people on on Fridays usually, but. Um, in, in recent, uh, well, in, in the past many months, you have this 50 person limit. And in, in the past couple of weeks, we're, we're not allowed to have regular prayer services at all. You know, you can have 10 for a, a funeral or a wedding or something, but um, for, for regular services, we've all been told that for the, uh, for the safety and health of the community, we can't gather for regular, regular services, but it's, it's uh, you know, five times daily prayer for, for Muslims. And, you know, it's, it's, it's ideal or, 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 or nice, nice thing to strive for that you do at least some of those prayers together with, with other people. I know you can do them by yourself also. And in Judaism also, we have three times daily prayer, um, but, uh, and, and you can do them on your own, but, but doing it with other people is such, is such an important thing for, for so many. And so, so I think for both of our, both of our faiths and, and Catholics who can't have mass, uh, it's a real, uh, it's a real struggle to not be able to um, to have these communal prayer gatherings and other sort of religious gatherings that, that are such a foundation of our centuries-old faiths. Agreed, and I, I, I will share with you, like in our community, as you know, Muslims, we, we pray side by side. And, yeah. uh, and now since the pandemic, it's two meters, uh, side, uh, two meters in between and two meters from the back and the front. So, wow. so to, to, to fit 50 people in the mosque, our, our mosque, it's, it's, it's a, a smaller sized uh, mosque. So right. our, our ability to fit that many people in. And so again, the protocols, the mask, the, the hand sanitizer, uh, ensuring, and then a lot of people come late. I've had this situation where I've come late and the cap has been, uh, met and then they, mm. they have to and, and and you know everybody and they're like we can't you know you can't yeah. come in because yeah. we hit the cap i'm sure you probably yeah. come across that same thing uh, in your services and so right. so again right. and my, and my, it's very tough and, and i'm also my phone number is on a number of uh, community kind of uh, directories and so people call me and is the mosque open today can we come for prayers can we come for prayers like for the friday prayers or regular prayers and the hardest thing yeah. is to say no it's like sorry it's, yeah it's closed it's closed right. we don't even right. know like right now i think we have um, uh, from the province january 8th i think we're 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 kind of locked down till january 8th uh which yeah. again for all of us, when our, our place of worship is part of our, our life and, and really having to just do everything from home, it's, it, it really, it really right. I think human beings need, need social contact. We, we need it right. for our worship and our right. well-being. Right. Yeah, and I know in the Muslim faith, you know, if you have people who haven't been praying regularly throughout their lives or they're, they're new to uh, Islam um, or the Arabic is difficult for them, when you're in the communal prayer and you have someone leading, uh, that's that that really is is so helpful from a, from a spiritual point of view and just a practical point of view and and it might be I'm guessing it might be more difficult to to do prayer on, on your own especially if you're if you're newer to the to the words of prayer you know because in in Islam and in Judaism the the prayer is uh, pretty much exclusively in it in a different language than the one that that people speak every day you know if you if you have people who speak um, English or Spanish or French on a daily basis, um, 
around town with their family or friends or, or business. And then suddenly they, they need to pray in, um, uh, in, in Arabic or, or in Hebrew. Uh, that's, you know, may, maybe, you, maybe you learn some of it uh, gr growing up as a kid, going to, going to the mosque or the, uh, or, or the synagogue, or you're, or you're Catholic and you learned a little Latin in, in Sunday school. But um, at the end of the day, for, for, for a lot of people, it's not their, um, their, their regular, uh, regular language. And I'm guessing even for people in, in, in lands uh, where they speak Arabic as their, as their vernacular spoken language, or even people in Vancouver speak Arabic, um, the, uh, the Arabic of the Quran and prayers is a bit different than modern spoken Arabic dialects anyway, isn't it? Correct, it's, it's a classical Arabic. And, uh, yeah. and so, I, I, and, and I'm sure with, with Hebrew as well. We have a similar uh, thing, yeah. Yeah, to, to learn, because again, the language is very different from English. And for those of us that are born and raised in, in Canada, the United States and in the West, like growing up speaking English, and then learning another language and then doing the prayers in that language and then also to to learn what the 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 worship means or the 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 words mean when you're doing the prayer so it is i'm sure with hebrew school as well as with our arabic quran uh, classes it's a lot of that effort is to pronounce it correctly and then to understand what you're saying when you're doing the prayer yes. i'm sure you probably have the same challenge that we do that's uh, teaching children or adults how to uh, decode the Arabic or Hebrew language just to be able to pronounce it is one thing to to move up but another level to actually understand the words that's that's a, a second challenge that, that it's another level so we have uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you have it we have transliteration so let's say if yeah. you can't read the Arabic um, right. so they'll they'll do it in English like the English way of it how it should sound it's not exactly. quite accurate yeah. but it at least right. gets people started Right, right, it does. Yeah, you know, Tarek, maybe can I share with you uh, one of uh, a couple of my favorite connections between Hebrew and Arabic? Please, please. You know, so so first of all, I, I don't know if uh, you mentioned before Vancouver, I was in Australia for five years. I was in Melbourne, Australia as the rabbi of a, of a synagogue there. Uh, and, um, and there's a long time uh, Jewish community there and um, also in, in Melbourne, the, the state is called Victoria and they, they have really good interfaith relations. Um, you know, it's not always uh, easy. You know, politics comes up sometimes. Um, Middle Eastern politics comes up, of course, even though Australia is far away from everything you might think. Um, but, um, but we have good, good relations. Um, and a, a Catholic priest approached me about putting together an interfaith trip to Jerusalem. Um, and we worked on it and we found a, another partner. And his idea was to bring four Jews, four Muslims and four Christians. And I, I probably mentioned this to you a few years ago. And, and we found a great partner in, um, uh, in our Muslim friend, an imam named Riyadh, Riyadh Galil, and, um, and then the Catholic priest, John Dukush and I, and then we put out applications and we got people to apply and we, and we accepted people. And so we had really four Jews, four Muslims and four Christians. Uh, one of the Christians is a um, uh, is a Catholic uh, from from Iraq, uh, so his 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 skin and his uh, Arabic um, speaking skills um, can um, uh, could could get him get him by that people might think that that he's Muslim or he put on a, a kippah and people might think that he's a a, a Jew from from Iraq uh, but he's actually a Catholic uh, and he could. He grew up speaking Aramaic, actually, so he could say Aramaic things like uh, like Jesus may have spoken because that was the lingua franca of that that region 2,000 years ago. But all all 12 of us went to uh, went to um, uh, flew, and we're in Jerusalem for for eight days. Um, one of us actually doesn't live in in Melbourne, but he used to. Uh, but he went on the trip. He he now lives in Singapore. Um, and he had been, he, he was pr uh, previously the president of the Islamic Council of Victoria. Uh, and we became close friends. And a year or two later, he invited my wife and me and our son to Singapore. Uh, and, and they have a very big Muslim community in Singapore and a great um, interreligious organization. Uh, and I spoke at a Turkish um, Muslim organization. I spoke at a Muslim converse organization. I spoke at the um, uh, Muslim, the broader Muslim organization of, um, uh, of Singapore with all the Muslim leaders. And I spoke about uh, Judaism and Islam and interfaith relations in our, in our trip. And it was really, it was really quite, quite powerful to have these interactions. And um, 
I told you I wanted to share about, about Hebrew and Arabic. Whenever I would speak, I, I started off by saying, um, alaykum with my bad uh, Arabic accent. Uh, and I would say that, you know, that's so similar in, in Judaism and Hebrew. We say shalom aleichem, um, and then the response might be aleichem shalom. Same thing in Arabic. You say salam aleikum and aleikum salam. Did I get that pretty close? Absolutely. And I, I will share with you, in, interestingly, and I did not know this, when, when I was in the synagogue and I, I opened the, the Torah, I, I looked at the, the verses and the translations were almost identical or very similar to verses in the Quran, the translations. Again, I can read Arabic, but, but the understanding of it, I have to go to the English translation. And so for me anyway, when I opened the Torah, I was like, the verses have the same kind of structure in terms of the message, at least in English. And, and I thought, wow, there's more similarities in how we worship than the differences. And one thing I did not know is, is the Jewish community prays three times a day. And if you could, at least for our Muslim audience that, that yeah. may not be aware of, of uh, what the Jewish prayers are or the Hebrew prayers are, if mm -hmm. you could just, how those prayers are conducted, when they're conducted, and, and, and I'll just share with you how we do our prayers and what and what we do on uh, on our on our five time prayers as a comparison. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one thing is um, uh, about um, our prayers and, and your prayers is um, I know that um, if if I if someone were to get up to speak in front of a a Muslim audience, uh, maybe a, a fellow Muslim or or even someone who's sort of has interfaith experience, I, I try to do this in my talks in, in Singapore is they might start off with the first um, three or four words of the first surah, right? From the Quran, Bismillah, Rahimah, Rahman. But I, I got that a little off, right? Can you say it? Uh, so it's um, uh, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name right. of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. Right, right. So so two, two of those words, um, which, which are related to each other uh, in Arabic, are related to the same word in, in Hebrew, um, uh, arachim, arachman, um, the, the, the R sound and the H sound and the M sound, okay? Um, and those words in Hebrew and Arabic are related also to each other. So in Hebrew, harachman is the merciful one. Merachem um, uh, is um, having mercy upon or compassion upon someone else. Okay, so it's a verb, it's a noun, just like in, in Arabic, okay? So the, the most merciful uh, from, the, from the Quran. Um, and and I would make this point when I would speak, and I've done this many times before, that um, both the Hebrew and the Arabic words uh, and, and um, root letters come from the word for uh, the, the womb, uh, because both, both traditions um, look to the, 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 the mother's compassion and the womb of the mother as a, uh, as a compassionate and merciful uh, uh, place and, and, um, and the relationship to, to the mother and other, and, and really broader to, to, to family uh, as, as, a beautiful, as a beautiful thing. And, and so we, we both have this word for compassion and, and mercy. And, and we bring out that word a lot in our, in our prayers. Our prayers, um, and you, you asked me, so I'll, I'll share a little bit. Um, we have some longer prayers, maybe 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes in the, in the morning on, on weekdays. We've been doing them on, on Zoom. Um, for better, for worse, um, because of the pandemic. It's too bad we can't be in person, but for better, sometimes there's some people who can't, who usually wouldn't be able to join us in person, but they're able to join us on, uh, on Zoom. Um, and our prayers in the morning and the evening um, are sort of similar to each other and that they have a sort of a central uh, prayer that's from the Torah called the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And some other paragraphs connected to that Shema prayer also from the Torah, from the Bible, uh, from uh, Book of Numbers and, and Deuteronomy. Uh, and some of those verses, again, are similar to verses in the Quran. There's so many verses and, and stories and narratives uh, that are shared between the Quran and the Hebrew Bible, and especially the first five books of the Bible, the, the Torah. Uh, and then we have a big central prayer. Um, it's called the standing prayer. The word Amidah in Hebrew just means the standing thing. Um, so we stand and it has 19 blessings in it on a weekday, a smaller amount on the Sabbath. Um, you know, Tarek, in the, on the weekdays in this big prayer with 19 blessings, I was just telling an, an adult learning class of mine, uh, in the middle of that uh, prayer, the 13 
blessings that are requests where we're asking God for things. But on the Sabbath, we say, you know what, God, you, you deserve a rest. We're not going to ask you for all this stuff on the Sabbath. You, you can rest also. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so it, it's interesting that, so it, there's the daily prayers, like, as we know, I think in the Christian community, they have the, their Sunday worship, like uh, the, but they, they do, I would say maybe before bread or, or before bed or before eating, they, they have certain prayers, but I think we have formalized prayers at specific times and specific things that we have to say in our respective languages as, as part of the prayers. And, and so timings, uh, just for the Muslim community, uh, before daybreak is the Fajr prayer, uh, Zohar prayer is just after the, the sun has hit its zenith and is starting to come down. That's called the Zohar afternoon prayer. And then just like I think an hour or two before sunset, two hours before sunset, it's called the Usr prayer or the late afternoon prayer. And then as soon as sunset happens and it, it starts to become dark, that's the Maghrib prayer. And then one and a half hours to two hours after that is the Isha prayer. So it's it's five right. prayers. So you're, in total. you're very... The, the Muslim uh, community is, is very, th those who try to pray regularly uh, five times a day, if they can, are, are very connected to those, those five times. And I know that in the past 10 or 15 years, you, now there are a lot of uh, smartphone apps on Android and iPhones where that you, you just open your app and you know when the right time is. And then you switch to a different app or the different part of the app. And you can see which exact way to face towards Mecca. Is that right? Absolutely. So, so the time, whatever time zone, whatever country, and then the compass in the phone that that can give you the direction to Kibla. Yeah, to, and it's to, funny we have uh, the exact same thing. There are a lot of there are a lot of apps also in the Jewish community that have all the prayers, um, and they um, and you know maybe in the same app or a different different app you have the the zmanim. Zman in Hebrew is time, so the the times. And we're sort of similar that uh, the the first prayer should be done. Uh, sometime bit between about dawn and uh, so it's not exactly at a certain time it's the morning prayers between dawn and um, and into the first sort of quarter or third of the of the daylight hours of the day and then the afternoon prayer is done uh, between a little after noon until around sunset and again you you can see texts uh, from hundreds of years ago up until uh, recently where rabbis are arguing about the different details of these things and then the nighttime prayers from once it gets dark or sunset uh, until it could be done anywhere in, until uh, late at night but all those prayers are are in there in our in our prayer books I know that there are many Christian denominations that 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 have more flexible prayers whereas Catholic and Anglican groups are are more set like like uh, like Judaism and, and Islam are more set in our in our prayers we have some flexibility um, but even, you know, you might have um, in, in Islam certain prayers that are specific to certain aids, like, a, like a, an aid is, a, is sort of a feast day, right? Uh, say that again. Aid or Eid is like a feast day, is that right? Eid, exactly, Eid. Eid. So, so the, yeah. Eid, the, the, the first Eid, um, in my Arabic, it's like a, they have a deeper pronunciation, Eid. It's uh, okay, but, mine, but Eid. mine is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Eid, so the first one is, is actually um, uh, after the 30 days of fasting in Ramadan. So right. after that is is the the celebration of of the the end of the month and and it's a, it's a large, the largest gathering of Muslims, right. uh, like much more beyond than the Friday prayers. Like everybody who would never much much more beyond what you are allowed to have this year, unfortunately. Exactly, and and it would be thousands of people. We do it at the convention center, or BC Place, or big venues where we could handle a, a much bigger crowd. And so right, that's the right. first one. And then there's the uh, the second Eid, which is Eid Al Adha, which is after the Hajj pilgrimage. So around the world, yeah. uh, we we, uh, we do a sacrifice. Uh, it's called Qurbani, which is for um, like the Prophet uh, Abraham or Ibrahim mm. alayhi salam, as we call him. So there is, uh, in Hajj, there's a few rituals that we do. So one is called uh, the stoning of the Satan, where, where Satan said, don't, don't, like when, when, when God commanded uh, Abraham to, 
to to sacrifice his son and right. so there are three places where, where satan said don't do it don't do it it's mm. your son it's your son you can't do this well, so those three places and you know are, that story call, is very powerful in judaism as well where about abraham and his son so again those shared similarities so that that yeah. the second biggest uh kind of gathering of worship for muslims is that specific act and then in the, mm. the muslim faith that although uh the test was 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 abraham or ibrahim al-islam was he going to do it and so so and then that was the test of his faith and then in honor of that test of faith we sacrifice a lamb uh or or mm. what whichever animals according to uh the islamic faith that are that are allowable for sacrifice whether it's a lamb right. a goat a cow a camel is, is that is that still is. is that still done in islamic uh, Muslim communities around the world? Around the world, around the world. It, it's, it's in honor of that sacrifice of, of uh -huh. uh, that, the test of his faith. So it's so Muslims to honor that specific act of worship for the test of the prophet Abraham's faith of, of that sacrifice. So that, that is our, our second biggest gathering and, and event in our Muslim community. It's, you know, it's good that the, the, um, What's the name of the mosque on 8th Avenue, uh, Al Jamia Mosque? It's called Al Jamia Masjid, exactly. Al Jamia Masjid. It's, it's good that Al Jamia Masjid, the mosque is, is just down the street from Whole Foods, right? You can get the, um, uh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, as you were talking about the, um, the sacrifice that you do, um, uh, what did you say the Arabic name for the sacrifices? It's called Qurbani, Qurbani. Okay, well, if we, if, we, if we had a lot of time, I'd, I'd make you guess for five or 10 minutes what the Hebrew word for sacrifice is, but I'll just tell you, it's korban, which is almost exactly the same word. You just drop the E sound at the end from the Arabic and you get korban. Um, and uh, I, again, it's, it, the, if there, there, are, there are scholars and, and rabbis and, and um, uh, imams uh, who, are, who are involved in a lot of um, scholarly pursuits and interfaith activities, and, and they know, you know, they know hundreds of, of these um, these words that are similar, um, more than the few that I know. But there's another easy one that in, in Hebrew, I'm not sure if it's the same in Arabic, but in Hebrew, the word korban or korbani in, in, in Arabic, um, it's from the word to to be close or to bring close, because you're bringing something close to God uh, when you do that uh, that that sacrifice. Yeah, no, it, and the similarities. I would say uh, the the Jewish faith and the Muslim faith. There, there's there's more similarities than differences. And and yeah, you know, I will yeah, one, 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 one anecdotal story. I was at an airport. I think it could have been um, uh, either Korea or, um, uh, but I was at an airport, and there's a, a Jewish gentleman. He was wearing the kippah, and yeah. uh, and he was doing the prayer, and I was doing. Yeah. Uh, my prayer. So we were kind of right. like anyone walking by because because a lot of times you're doing your worship in a public place that is not yeah. necessarily designated for worship. Right. So I, I understood his challenges. He understood my yeah. challenges. We're just trying to do our prayer at the That's time great. that we're supposed to do it in a public uncomfortable yeah. place, but we just got to do it. And so I just, yeah. we had that <laughs> shared kind of, hey, well, you know, we're just, we just got to do what we got to do. We're in this public space. And he, That's great. he did his prayer, <laughs> I did mine. And and I remember I was at uh, I, either Temple Shalom or, or uh, Temple Beth uh, Temple or a congregation Beth Israel, and yeah. somebody once said he hadn't taken his kippah off. He says, you know, uh, if I wear the kippah, uh, I haven't taken this off since I've been uh, mature. I always wear this in public, and so mm -hmm. in our community, as you know, the visible that we're visibly our faith, whether it's the beard or wearing the cap or the yeah. clothing or, we're, we're or, visibly, or hijab, or, or hijab we're, we're visibly recognized for our, our, our faith because of how yeah. we're, how we physically appear. And, and right. so similarly, like, you know, wearing the kippah or in the Muslim community, having the beard or wearing uh, either the, the cap that we wear or the Islamic turban or what have you, which is yeah. not common, but, yeah. but these are things it's, it's like an expression of, you know what, my faith, my belief is like, you know, regardless, like, you know, I think in North American society, people want this kind of, I want to be like everybody else. I don't want to be, be kind of singled out for being different because of my faith or my, my race or my appearance. But I think part of our expression of our, 
our commitment to our faith is that that outward appearance of faith of, of our commitment to whether wearing the kippah or the beard or aspects of our faith that, that are more visible that aren't the intangible faith aspects and and so I those are shared similarities as well that that to express our faith in our physical appearance um, in the Muslim community you may be aware that uh, particularly women that wear hijab uh, get singled out for a lot of Islamophobic kind of um, yeah. uh, you know abuse verbal abuse let's say on transit the sky train or right, the bus right. Uh, because they they have a physical expression and i will share with you i i had some racism directed uh, against me so i used to wear black all the time i used to like to wear black in the 90s you remember like the armani had the the black everyone wore black so i would get mistaken for being jewish and so i <laughs> i would have anti-semitic things said to me and wow. and uh and wow. so, and then I was like, so I had the beard, I wore black and, and people would say certain things like in passing wow. in, in a, in a mm. car, they would say something because they assumed, I guess I was wearing yeah. black. I had the beard. And, huh. and, and so I was like, and, and I've had, again, uh, discrimination because I am a Muslim and people saying certain right. comments about Muslims right. and, and that sort of thing. So right. I've, so you've gotten the both Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. I've, I've, I've gotten both. I've, I've got, they're I've, both, I've gotten you know, both. They're, they're, bo they're both, they're both terrible, but one was incorrect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and, and what I felt was nobody, nobody, no matter what their faith is, like when we're singled out and then when somebody wants to, uh, to kind of, you know, say something derogatory uh, based on what their perceived religion is. And then interestingly enough, another community that gets mistaken uh, for Muslims and, and gets a lot of abuse is the Sikh community because what they I know, it's so, it's so strange. I think, you know, the, the Sikh community and there's a big one or pretty big one uh, in this area um, and, and throughout Canada, uh, I mean, worldwide, it's 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 huge. I, I mean, um, Judaism is maybe 13, 15 million or so, and the the number of, of Muslims around the world is is very large compared to the small Jewish community, and and Sikh also Sikh community is is very large around the world, um, and and I think for some for some reason people um, see see the turban uh, that Sikhs wear, uh, and and think Muslim. You said there are some Muslims who do wear a turban, but it's not it's not that common. You it's said, not right? common. It's not right, that common. Right. So no. I think people don't realize that there's this huge religion called Sikhism, uh, and they just jump right to assuming that someone is. Uh, so while you got mistaken anti-Semitism thrown towards you, uh, other people who are Sikh are getting mistaken uh, Islamophobia thrown towards towards them, and it, the the problem would be solved if people just sort of. Uh, kept their awful thoughts to themselves and tried to open up a bit and and got to know people instead as as you pointed out in in the beginning uh, you know you see someone on a on a train with a child and you know maybe the the mom has a has a hijab on um, and uh, you know sometimes the best thing is to just just be friendly and say um, you know can I help you with the door or such a cute kid or or something and and um, and you might even get into a conversation and realize that um, that that the person who um, who looks like this or that with you know whether it's a certain type of head covering or or beard or hijab or something or turban um, and that that thing made you think certain certain thoughts that come from your experiences with the the, the media or or movies or whatever uh, that it's it's not true at all. This is just a a regular person who who has um, all sorts of interesting and positive and negative and challenging things going on in their lives, just like just like you and I do. Absolutely, and and uh, and, and and racism and prejudice uh, springs from ignorance, and and I think, uh, you know, case right. in point, we don't have to name names. Uh, an election down south, you, you realize that a certain rhetoric resonates with with people and. You know, when people and I think in certain communities and states and provinces and cities and towns, I grew up in a, a small town where it was a, an all white community, a very few handful of people that 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 were from from India or Pakistan or 
or mm-hmm. kind of uh, so again having brown skin uh, in an all white town is, is a bit uh, you know growing up you know you're different and you don't have yeah, the same yeah i imagine kind of, i imagine yeah you, and yeah. and the religion is different and 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 all that sort of thing so so yeah. i think what what happens is and and i grew up in the the 80s and so this perception that uh, uh, Russia at that time had all the negative press, uh, USSR, communism, and I believed all of it. All our neighbors talked about it, this fear of this nuclear holocaust, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, in the 90s, after the first uh, Iraq war and then September 11th, and this anti-Muslim uh, drumbeat uh, in, in yeah, multiple yeah. either media, in public conversation, and and so when we started this this program called Islam Unraveled, which was again engaging the wider community, government agencies, right. uh, faith-based communities, and and we met the social workers, and they were saying that uh, that that uh, like I, I thought people misunderstood Muslims and Islam, or maybe disliked Muslims. And he says, no, no, they actually hate Muslims. And I was like, hate? That's a strong word, hate. And I was like, wow. it's like the accepted common day. Uh, conversations amongst people that aren't Muslims, at least from the the social worker context, to 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 hate on Muslims for whatever reason, um, uh, was was common, and I didn't realize it was that common. But then I remember my childhood in in Fort Saint John and Russia, and Russia is this and Russia is that, and if, yeah. if people didn't know Muslims, it's very easy to believe what's in the media, that's that's slanted in a negative light about Islam and Muslims, and and again, just like what you and I talked about before for we're human beings we have hearts and we we care for one another and then by you coming to the mosque just at that feeling of, of you know a horrific thing happened i want to show my care for 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 my neighbors and similarly right. Uh, right. coming to, to the jewish community center and the various synagogues is that we are a community and uh, uh, the only way hate can really hopefully if there is a cure for hate is this engagement friendship breaking bread because again uh jews christians and muslims have have lived together for hundreds and hundreds of years and, <laughs> yes. and so it it, yeah. peacefully in a lot of cases and but but now things are getting so siloed and uh, and so I, again uh, our goals are, are mutual that uh, community harmony uh, neighborly relationships friendships and and I want to really thank you for taking your time out I know we've been I know you were sick for for a, a period of time and I know this coronavirus type situation is really uh, uh, just a just a uh, one of the most uh, uh, kind of uh, difficult years for a lot of us. And so I yeah, really yeah. appreciate you taking your time out I, to kind of that, have this discussion. The, thank you. Yeah. And, you know, you're, it's true with all the colds and flus going around now with the kids and everything. Uh, anytime the sniffles or the uh, runny nose or cough comes up, I had my kids home from school for a couple of days this week. Just, you know, you can't send them to school with any sort of symptoms because you got to be careful. But uh, it's, a, it's a tough tough season we're going through now with uh, not just coronavirus, but but all the regular winter winter viruses going around. So I, um, well, I hope wishing for much good health for your family as well, Tarek. Absolutely. Thank you. And and my feelings the same for your family. And I know in your community, in our community, we, we do prayers before we do something. We do prayers after we do something. And just to share with you a prayer that we recite yeah. in all our prayers just to close our discussion and i'm sure that there's very similar prayers in 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 in, in the jewish faith so uh, i'll start Allah protect us from satan the accursed Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. in the name of allah the compassionate the merciful all praise to the lord of all that exists Ar-Rahman, the compassionate. Ar-Rahim, the merciful. Madiki Omidin, master of the day of judgment. Iya Kanabudu, you alone we worship. Iya Kanastain, you alone we seek help from. Guide us to the straight path. To the path of those that have earned your favor. Ghayr al-maghdubi alayhim wa la-dadeen.
and not the way of those that have earned your anger and went astray. So that is our prayer. Usually I say it verbatim, but try breaking it up and then saying the English through my it's rhythm. Tough. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just runs. If you do it in the original language or, you know, Arabic or Hebrew for our prayers, it, it just sort of runs off your tongue. If you have to break it up, it's harder. And explain it. And I'm sure yeah. in Hebrew, there's a similar prayer. And if you would like to recite a, a prayer to close our discussion, uh, it would be, please feel free to do so. Sure. Yeah. You know what? Maybe one that I'll share is actually from the book of Psalms. And it's just one verse that we, uh, that we sing often. Um, it, um, I wouldn't say it shows up in our, in our prayers so much, but, but we, we sing it because we, we appreciate the, um, the opportunity to be together. And it, and it says, and I'll, maybe I'll just say and explain it and then I, and then I can sing it once. Um, it says, uh, So, um, like how, how good and pleasant it is um, for, for, for brothers and sisters to, to sit together and to be together. And, um, and, and really what, what I'm appreciating to get today is the, uh, the good and pleasant opportunity that, that, that we um, as, as brothers and sisters in the, the, the Jewish and Muslim communities uh, have had to to sit together just just now this morning, and the the opportunities uh, a couple of years ago that our that our communities had to get together, uh, and uh, and hopefully in the future. So I'll just sing it once through. May we have many more such opportunities, Tarek. Yes, I agree. Thank you again, Rabbi Adam. Really appreciate it. Thank you again. Oh, thank and you. Looking forward to seeing you once the pandemic clears up and we can grab a coffee again and catch up. I hope. I hope so. Good. Looking forward to it. Thank you again. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Islam Unraveled podcast. To learn more about our programs, please visit us on Facebook or at www.islamunraveled.ca. We'll see you next time.